if you really have a great idea or you work with companies and you really think you're going to make a lot of money and has a lot of potential, but you need money, maybe software, you figure out the funding, you got a legal structure, you got your business, you got the business plan, you got the market analysis. Let's talk about building a strong brand. How is your product different? What we call a unique selling proposition or a US. But you have to be willing to accept these realities. Like again, it's going to be harder than you think. It's going to push you to the brink of collapse. I have been in that place time and time again. You are listening to The Isaac Velez Show, the best podcast for Mavericks, rare breeds of thinkers and doers characterized by a relentless pursuit of excellence and an unquenchable thirst for innovation. I'm your host, Isaac, a performance coach, and our show is a masterclass of achieving holistic success, deeply rooted in stoicism and essentialism. If that sounds interesting, stay tuned for today's episode and welcome to The Isaac Velez Show. Thank you for tuning in to The Isaac Velez Show. I'm your host, Isaac, and I am excited for today's masterclass on how to start your own business. There's a lot of topics to be covered, some of which I will cover more in depth as they're more in my area of expertise and I have more experience in them. And some of them I will cover because they're important, but I won't get into the nitty gritty, not because I don't have experience in them, but for the mere fact that there's others with better expertise that can better guide you, stuff like legal, compliance, and taxes, are things that I will highlight, but most likely not get into. But we're going to outline real quick some of the major components of starting a business. So number one, clarify your business or clarify your business vision. You know, what is the idea? What's the mission? What's the problem that you're solving? Um, What is the solution that you're offering? Understand that. Understand that very well. Next, market research. Who's doing the things that you're doing? This is what we call a SWOT analysis, the strengths weaknesses of what you're offering, as well as the opportunities and threats that are presented in the market. Figure out how big it is, your TAM, your total addressable market. Figure out if the the area is growing, CAGR, compound annual growth rate. Look at these numbers, do your research after you have a business vision to figure out if that's really what you want to be going down. Next, business plan time. Have a solid business plan with goals, strategies, financial projections of how you think you're going to make money and when you're going to make money. Look at other projections, look at other business plans. Oftentimes, founders overestimate the money they can bring in initially, as well as how quickly they can bring it in, and oftentimes have bad results because of that, because they just don't align reality with what they think they can do. Next, once you have the business plan, and again, the first three steps are the most important part of actually getting the business off the ground of like, what do you want to do? How do you want to do it? Next is the legal structure and registration. So that's sole proprietorship is basically a business that's you. You know, you kind of make, you establish the fact that you have a business, but the business is completely tied with you. So all liability falls with you. If you you can't pay a debt, the creditors can come after your car, your house, because all of it's you. A partnership is the same way, general partnership, but the liability is split between both of you or however many partners. If it's limited liability, that automatically means that the company is almost a separate entity um, in an entire sense. I'm saying almost because in taxes, it can still be a disregarded entity and it's still under your own tax things. Um, But it's a separate, in liabilities terms, it's a separate entity, meaning unless you do things that we'll get into later, like, for example, using business funds to your own needs and having no separation between business and personal, you cannot be sued you cannot be come after for your assets if something happens with the company because the company is separate from you. 
So your personal assets are protected because they are not the company's assets, as long as you don't what we, is what we call pierce the corporate veil. So that's structure. Next is funding. Most entrepreneurs either have money that they saved up or they go for a small business loan. Those are the two routes. If you really have a great idea or you've worked with companies and you really think you have something that can make a lot of money and has a lot of potential, but you need money, maybe software, that's where we talk about venture capital and angel investors. I'm not going to get too much into that because that's an, that, that's an episode in of itself, but venture capitalists are basically funds that have money that will invest in your startup, give you a bunch of money for equity or for um, a return, like a dedicated return, and you can use that money to grow. Angel investors are the same thing, but invest of a com- invest of a, like a, a fund doing it. It's a person doing it. That's an angel investor. Um, most people don't go this route, and most companies aren't fit to to go into the VC or angel investor route. Um, especially if it's like service based, it's usually not most advised. But if you want to look into it, it is an option out there. Just saying that it's not the most probable option, both in realistic terms and the success rate of getting into a, like a partnership with the right fund. Now, you figure out the funding, you got a legal structure, you got your business, you got the business plan, you got the market analysis. Let's talk about building a strong brand. How is your product different? What we call a unique selling proposition or a USP. What makes you different? Figure that out and stick to that. Because you need your competitive edge. Again, you're not competing with the giants in your industry yet. You're a startup. But figure out what your edge actually is. Marketing. You can have a great book, but if there's no cover, no one's going to know that it's a great book. People need to know that you exist and they need to know why you're good and why they should come to you. Marketing and advertising is getting in front of people that don't know you or It's convincing people that know you, but they haven't bought from you yet. Marketing gets you leads. Leads have the opportunity to convert into sales. Sales equals money. You can't sell people if no one knows what you're selling. Simple as that. Figure out marketing. Again, I'm not getting super nitty gritty into all these topics just yet because a lot of them take a lot of time and they could be episodes within themselves. Financial management, you have a business structure. Most likely if you have, I would recommend a limited liability company as an overarching advice, not specific. You'll get something from the IRS known as an EIN, an employer identification number. You take this number and I do two things with this number. One, I register with Duns and Bradstreet, which tells it's it's good for credit ratings, um, which can be important for bank loans later on. And the second thing I do is open a bank account. The EIN is what I use to open the bank account. And then I take the articles of incorporations, which you get when you file for an LLC, and you take that to the bank and you open a bank account. Again, you want to keep business and personal separate. I cannot stress this enough. Keep them separate. Now, budget, track expenses, income, that's financial management. At this point, unless you have a good bit of capital, you're going to figure out how to proof of concept, make sure your business actually is a good viable business. Most people at this stage need to work on this some time before they get to the next part that I'm about to talk to because you don't have the resources nor the, um, I would say, the bandwidth to do what's next. And that part is going to be hiring a team. By the time you hire a team, you've got to be making money. And when you hire that team and you're making money, 
for the most part, is this is how it falls. That person that you hire needs to solve more problems or add more value than they cost you in payroll. Payroll will be, if not is, the biggest expense that you will be incurring. And so you need to make sure that when you bring people, their value adds and they're actually contributing to you making more money in the business. Because again, a business that's not making more money isn't going to survive. You need to make sure that every person is accounted for and they are not free riding. They need to be providing value. Building a strong team is very difficult because most startups are either a one-man show or they you already see them as a business. So not a lot of t- people talk about your first one of five hires, and those will determine a lot of how you progress. So make sure you're hiring the right people. Again, we'll get into some of this stuff a little later, but some of this is just for an episode alone. Hiring people is completely different than what most people think. Now, at this point, you have a team. So you're at some level of scale. You're still, you can still be very small with the team, but you're at some level of scale because you have revenue, which means you can do things to increase revenue, but you know the concept at least to a good component works. Now, let's talk about that. Customer acquisition and retention. Are your customers, the people that are buying from you, are they satisfied and are they coming back for more? Feedback loops, surveys, Figure out if people are actually enjoying the stuff that you sell and how can you do it better? What are you missing out on that these people can use from you? Think about that. What can they use from you? What else do they need from you? Acquisition is bringing in new customers. Retention is keeping existing customers. Legal. Oh, no, adapt and innovate is the next one I have. Business landscape changes. The market can change. New products, new technologies come out. Be listening, keep an eye out, and just see how you can take advantage of things. AI came out, how can you use it? I made an episode on this, how you can get rich with AI. Use the technologies. Don't be scared of them. Don't jump in at every new thing that comes out, but understand and evaluate, is this a potential upside for us? Can we use this to, again, make our process more efficient? Technology is reducing inefficiencies. Legal and ethical compliance. No, you know, for example, if you started a restaurant, you know, you have to have, and then you have to do this before, but just understand that you have everything you need, business licenses, liquor licenses and for a restaurant. Um, you're just registered with the state. You're paying sales tax. Legal, uh, legal compliance is pretty important just because you want to stay above board. You don't need fines. You don't need to be shut down. Just kind of know that. Um, eventually, you can have a person, they call them legal and compliance, that can handle this stuff for you. But in a startup world, you usually don't have that. So you want to be careful and have someone that's competent in that, but it's not their sole role. Measure and evaluate what we call KPIs, key performance indicators. How's the business performing? How is your, for example, CAC, cost to acquire customer, lifetime gross profit, LTGP, these kinds of numbers. Figure out what's important to the business and keep track of them. Okay, resilience, this isn't really a step, but you just got to be able to stick through a lot of things. You've got to be able to push through these moments that can be hard for you and continue moving forward. Continuous learning, again, like I said, you got to be there with industry trends. You need to be there with, you know, finding mentorship, people that have already done it. Take advantage of people and offer them value, but learn from them, listen to them, and apply from them. All right, so let's talk about some of this stuff. I'm not going to get into the technical stuff because technical stuff, I believe, requires more like of an episode in of itself because it requires more research, more backing, um, just to give you more concrete stuff because it's less theoretical and it's less 
about your mindset in the business. And I focus more on the mindset. Starting a business requires, if you want to be a business owner and you want to feel fulfilled from it, not that you always will be happy with it because business can be very stressful, but if you want meaning from it, there are two realities that need to be set in place before you say, I want to start my own business. One, it's how, it's how you view responsibility and the other is how you view pressure. I view responsibility as a calling and as a way for meaning. And I view pressure as a privilege, the ability to have to carry things on my back and to have the weight of success and failure on my back is a privilege to me. Those two things indicate whether or not business life is for you. Another thing, it's not safe. You have to be willing to stomach risk. When you work a job, you know that if you work a certain amount of hours, you will get paid a certain amount. Entrepreneurship is not guaranteed. You can make $0 one month, you can make 50000 the next month, and then you can lose all that in the next month based on you doing trying to go for something and it doesn't work out. Entrepreneurship is risky and it's volatile. So what you need to be asking yourself is, are you able to stomach that kind of risk? What do you do if you lose a lot of money? Yes, you might make 100000 but you might be spending 80000 are you comfortable spending those 80000 if you know that these 100000 isn't guaranteed? These are things people won't tell you about because they want you to buy whatever they're selling, buy the courses or the coaching. But it's the harsh reality of businesses that most businesses will fail. And again, I'm someone that doesn't always look at the numbers in that context. I look at my ability to do it. And I also know I'll be persistent, which means if you never give up, you never fail, um, even if you fail in the short term. But you have to be willing to accept these realities. Like, again, it's going to be harder than you think. It's going to push you to the brink of collapse. I have been in that place time and time again. So ask yourself, are you willing to go to that extent? How much are you willing to sacrifice for your dreams? Because to me, it was everything. I have to be able to do that. Because I would never be okay with living an okay life. That's me. I'm built that way. And I love it. But if that's not you, don't do that. Entrepreneurship can be your greatest blessing or it can be your biggest curse. But you have to understand yourself. Again, it all starts with self-awareness. If you don't know what you want, if you don't know where you want to go, stop worrying about the business. Do what you're doing right now and then figure out the stuff about yourself. But to those of you that stay, that say this is the only path, that is the only person that should really have their own business is that they believe this is the only path for them to truly live their life. And if you're still here for that, let's talk about it. When you're starting this business, you have to understand that it's all about testing hunches, but not being married to an idea. Marry the problem, not the solution. You're solving this problem. Let's say, let's use an example of a, a company that, that did grow a lot. Let's say you want to, you're, you're solving the problem of people have dirty silverware and need to learn how to clean it better. And they want a better way or a more effective way of doing it. So the invention of the sponge, the sponge worked great. Okay. So you have a sponge that solves a problem and then different companies have different textures, different materials, different proprietary methods of making the sponge and they sell and they market it different. So they sell to different people. That's fine. There's a startup known as Scrub Daddy or Scrub Smile. The startup, or not a startup anymore, this company has a sponge that's a smiley face. It's got two eyes 
and it's got a mouth. It's cute. But they pitched this and they said, it's functional and it looks good. So you take it and you can put the, basically, I don't know what, the, what you would call it, but like, let's take a spoon. You could put the, the handle of the spoon in the eye and squish it and it would just clean the handle. And you could put the curved part of the spoon into the mouth and squish the mouth. And you could also do it with bigger stuff like spatulas and stuff like that. And it made it a lot easier to clean. It reduced the perceived effort that someone would have using their sponge versus a traditional sponge. I don't know how they got to that part of the process, but the problem is the same as normal sponges are solving. But the solution was different because they tested in different things and they realized there was a frustration with cleaning silverware. And there was an easier way of doing it. And now they've made millions and tens of millions of dollars off this solution. So when you're testing stuff, use concepts, for example, like in the lean startup, minimal viable product. What is the product that, you know, again, it's like the most bare bones, but it has every essential thing that you can go sell it and then learn from people. Do not build in the theoretical. Test people that would, would buy your product, right? Your target market and see what problems they have with your product and then fix it. Don't build something in the dark for three years because when you come out with a product that you spent three years on, the world's different. Build in the real world and adapt with the real world and that's how you'll find a product. Don't focus on perfection. Focus on speed and consistency. Now, I'm not telling you to come out with a bad product. I'm telling you to come out without it feeling like it should be finished because oftentimes the great products are not finished. That's the name of the game too. You're continually improving your products. But the last thing I'll say, so we don't make this episode too, too long. Hire or seek advice from people that are just as good or better than you in different areas. And understand your best position. Maximize your skills. Learn from other people. Because if you don't have a certain experience, like if I don't have experience, for example, in accounting, I have, I have, I've done accounting for my, I did my accounting for myself for like six months, maybe a year. Why am I going to spend all the time trying to be the accountant of the business when I can hire someone who's been in accounting for five years and they can do it better than I can and they'll save me the mistakes of improperly filed tax returns or not being able to bookkeep properly? Don't. Don't let your pride get in the way of you hiring people that can do a better job than you can. Because you should be looking for those kinds of people. You should be finding people that can do the better job than you can. And then focus on how you can lead a team to effectively drive the business and grow it. And the last thing is, again, you've got to be able to stick through it. You are currently the leader of the business. If you're founding a business, if you're starting a business, it's all on you. And when it's not just you and you have a team and those teams members have families that they have to care for and they have to pay for their bills, they have to pay for their kids' school, they have to pay for their kids' food. It is your responsibility. Can you handle that? And more importantly, do you want that? If you do, then you better be ready for the pressure that comes. It will suck sometimes, but that process, there's nothing like it. You will never feel more alive than when you're an entrepreneur and it's your calling. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate your time. Let's close it out. Veni, Vidi, Vici, I came, I saw, I conquered. That concludes today's episode on The Isaac Velez Show. If you enjoyed this episode and it provided you with value, 
We appreciate it if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share this episode with one person. We are grateful for all the support that you provide. And if you are serious about improving your life, check out our coaching at www.isaacantoniovelez.com. Until next time, that's it for today's episode.